Well, hello there and welcome to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam Hind and I am so excited to have you here with me today. If you are in the direct selling industry or you're in business of any kind and you're looking for wisdom, you're looking for knowledge, for inspiration and to glean knowledge from those that have blazed the trail ahead, then you are absolutely in the right place, my friend. And today is absolutely no exception. Today, I get the honor of introducing you to a very special individual, someone who's done exactly that. Named Forbes Magazine Self-Made Women to Watch, through to being honored twice, not once, but twice, as one of the most influential women in direct selling. Today, I get to introduce you to the amazing Cindy Munro, the founder of 31 Gifts, a company that just over 20 years ago in 2003, she started in the basement of her home with an idea to change the lives of busy women. In Cindy has done exactly that. Cindy has inspired hundreds of thousands globally, and she has just released her first book, More Than a Bag, which she's going to tell you a little bit about in the episode. But today, I'm really going to encourage you, listen to some of the wisdom that Cindy shares. She is raw, real, and honest about what this journey has been like for her. There have been ups and downs and learnings along the way, and Cindy is really honest about that. It's one of the things I love about her. It's one of the things I love about the book that she's written is that business is not a simple journey, but if you believe in what you're doing, if you stick to it and you keep learning along the way, you absolutely can have all of the success you dream of and much, much more. So with no further ado, I loved this interview. I had so much fun chatting with Cindy and I know that you're going to really enjoy listening to it. So grab your pen and paper out because of course she drops loads of golden nuggets along the way and sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm so honored, privileged, and excited to be joined here today by the founder of 31 Gifts, Cindy Munro. Welcome on in, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited for this chat today because we've had a chance to have a little bit of a, a, well, a couple of little chats in the lead up to this. And, uh, and of course, you have released uh, a book all about your journey with 31 Gifts. How is that all going? Congratulations, by the way. That's, I'm very jealous. I'm definitely keen to write a book one day, but you've done it. So how does it feel? Thank you so much. It feels good because honestly, I never, ever dreamed of writing a book and it's not something that was on my bucket list. It was harder than I thought it would be. Um, so just accomplishing that as an adult, um, I feel like was, I don't know, it was, it was really good. And I have just loved sharing our story. It's about the first 20 years of 31. It's called More Than a Bag and really just about how I think all of direct selling is just more than our products. And for us at 31 Gifts, we have so many bags and totes and things like that. But for me, my passion and reason for getting up every day is truly for the relationships and not the product. 
I love our product, but I do love the relationships and the impact that we get to have on lives. And so it's just, it was fun to just put all of it to paper, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the pretty and the ugly. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today too, but I'm just going to say, you know, I'm, um, I, I guess being able to have these conversations with uh, women who have taken something that, you know, a need that they can see or, or a passion that they have and said, I'm going to do this, like I'm going to go and do this and have achieved something huge. Just there's a sense of pride as a woman that comes from that. And I love that I get to meet you and have this chat with you, but you must really feel amazingly accomplished and also, um, I, and I don't mean just for you, but also for those people that through you having that dedication 20 years ago, have also been able to grow successful businesses as well. How does it feel coming out 20 years knowing, you know what, like I've had a global impact just by making that decision 20 years ago to step into this and get out of my comfort zone? Yeah, I had no idea of what we would be able to accomplish. My very first hostess um, that hosted the party that I first held is still with us 20 years later. My very first consultant, which is a different person, is still with us today. And we have so many of our... um, you know, leaders that just, and consultants that continue to come into the business and that continue to just thrive and to find that flexibility, that fun, that extra income they want in their family budget. And so it feels amazing. I'm super, I don't know, just, um, I'm proud of what we've been able to all accomplish together. And it definitely is not just one person, as we all know, in business, it takes a lot of people. So my team has been amazing. Our sales fields have been amazing and our customers are so loyal and they're just huge fans and followers. And that is truly what makes it, you know, exciting and what could you, um, out of bed and wanting to keep pursuing because it is definitely part of my purpose and my passion to be able to help women. And so I feel like that that's what we've been able to do for 20 years. Yes, we have some men that sell, but we mainly have women in our uh, business. And it's just been so fun to be able to work with women, to be able to learn from them, to be able to share trials and how to balance family and business. And so I I do. I love it. I love every bit of it from those early days of, you know, learning how to get things out the door to, you know, learning how to scale the business to learning how to stabilize it and turn it around. It's just been a fantastic journey. Yeah. Now, uh, like, I'm really keen to hear a little bit more about this journey. You and I have chatted about this. Obviously, you write about it in the book. But for our listeners that don't know uh, 31 Gifts and and they're like, who is this Cindy Munro? You started your business 20 years ago from your basement. Do you want to just share a little bit about that story and how you got to being one of the biggest direct selling companies globally now, 20 years later? For sure. Yeah. So I had sold direct sales um, with a a company in college. So I was in college. I was uh, young and married and I was just looking for that extra income. So I understood the party plan model and my mom had played around with different products and things as I was growing up. So I was familiar with what direct sales does for 
a family and for setting goals and be able to earn some extra income and to be able to buy that new couch or help pay for that electric bill. And so it really um, was important for me whenever we were starting, I chose not to do, you know, a store and chose direct sales because I had experienced it firsthand. And so whenever Mm -hmm. we started in the basement, we were in a very small town in Tennessee and we had the entire basement full of candles and giftables. We got our first monogram machine and it, I was working full time. I had a business partner that was working full time. And then we started to step back. And as we stepped back into really growing 31 full time, it just started, you know, growing one party at a time, one consultant at a time. And it was, it didn't happen overnight. Like it really was a good five years of putting the grind in. And I knew that so many businesses failed in their first five years. So I was focused on that five-year mark. So even whenever I was starting Mm. in the basement, I was like, okay, we've got to get to this five-year mark. And so that was my (laughs) goal. My goal was never to be huge. My goal was never to have a certain number of consultants, but I was like, okay, we're going to be profitable at our five-year mark. And that is what I stayed focused on. And then it that five-year mark, it just, that tipping point happened and we started growing like crazy. Wow. And that five-year mark is such a, an accomplishment in itself. And I think anyone who's been in business for a while knows, you know, it's kind of that, for me, it was certainly the looming two years, then three years. And then, you know, I got super excited when I hit three. And I remember um, my husband coming into the office and, and everyone celebrating because I made three and I was still here and they all sat me down and went, here's a glass of champagne, but just so you know, you have to get to five. <laughs> yes. Thought, ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. But I'm... It, it is so true. And, and, and this is the thing. It's, uh, you know, my next question is, how did you, how did you take a need that you saw? Um, and, and at what point did you work out this was a viable business opportunity? Because, you know, you, you've obviously taken something, you've created something very unique. What was, was there a moment where you went, like I can see that this is going to be a business opportunity or was there a stage where you went, yeah, I'm just, I'm keen on giving this a go for a bit of a hobby and a side business. When did that, that decision come into play that I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, all the way with this, this is a business. So I'm going to mention two things if that's okay. So first of all, whenever it's growing month over month, and then you realize it's growing year over year. So in those first five years, whenever you are seeing growth each year, and not every business does, but ours did, that was like, okay, this is really working. So if I were to go and ask my mom, hey, mom, I need a little extra cash to be able to get commission out the door or whatnot, then I could show her how we continue to grow month over month and year over year. So that was kind of my first indicator that we were onto something. But um, the moment that I actually visited our factories and I saw the mounds of product that we had ordered for the next season, it was like it gave me this um, vision into the future because you order product based on all your forecasts and projections. But Mm -hmm. like I got this like three month like look at what was about to happen. And I was like, 
oh crap, like I have to get ready. Like we have all the product ordered. It's being sewn. It is ready. I came home and we had just Mm -hmm. built a home in our town. And my husband had put an Ikea closet together with all the cute little drawers and the jewelry drawer and things like that. And I sat in the floor of the closet and I said, we can't stay in this house. And I'm like crying. He's like, what do you mean we can't stay in this house? And I'm like, we cannot support the business from this little town in Tennessee. And he was like, what in the world? But I had been given this vision of where the business was going through seeing the massive amounts of product that was being developed. And it was like the moment that I knew we had to get ready to scale the business. And we actually moved our family to Columbus, Ohio, and we were positioned, we were able to hire the right people that we needed to support scaling the business. And I do think that that was one time where I knew it was a viable business. And I knew Mm -hmm. that we had so much opportunity ahead of us. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, uh, I'm, I'm really keen. I like, I know obviously what 31 gifts is, but just really quickly, where did the name come from? And can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys do? Cause obviously we're in Australia. A lot of our listeners are Australian. They're probably wondering right now, <laughs> what is this company? What do they sell? So can you do a really quick explanation for those people? And I'm keen to hear where the name came from. Yes. So 31 gifts front comes from the old Testament. It's Proverbs 31. And it's all about this virtuous woman who works really hard. She, um, is really supportive of her family. And just as a mom, she is the entrepreneur. She works in her community. She prays and she just wears so many different hats. And the Proverbs is all around. She deserves to be celebrated and encouraged. And so we kind of Um, I knew that I didn't want the company name just to be Cindy Monroe or something Monroe. And so I was like, I really wanted to, you know, celebrate women for all the hats that we are wearing. And also for all the women that are going to be micro entrepreneurs through 31. And so we were able to, um, have that name and it has been, it has served us. It has served our values and our sales field and our employees for 20 years. And I'm just so thankful for that foundation. And then we have for products, we have a lot of totes and bags. Our number one selling product is a large utility tote. And it literally is a rectangle tote that can carry anything, everything from soccer gear to your, um, you know, travel stuff. I mean, like groceries or beach bag. It is like the ultimate utilitarian tote. And then that product has been around forever. But what makes us unique is we can monogram. So if you've got your kids that have a backpack or a lunchbox or, you know, any of our products, you most all of our products, you can personalize with either a monogram or some etching. And so that is really one of the things that sets us apart with our product line is that you can personalize them. So tell me what the inspiration was behind that initially. At what at what point did you go, hey, this I'm I'm we're gonna monogram stuff? <laughs> well, I will tell you in the South, it was a very on trend. And so we had little boutiques popping up on little downtown corners 
And some of them had these monogram machines in them. And so you would have your big initials on there. And it became a very trendy thing in the south of the United States. And so we that's where I was living. And so that is kind of where it all started. And not everybody in North America actually monograms their things, but it has been one of those things that I think is fun because whether it's your toiletry bag or whether it's your swimsuit bag, it may not be that you're putting your initials on everything, but it's a way to organize. And so you can have all your kids' names on their little zipper pouches. So everybody knows whose zipper pouch is who, or you've got your sunscreen labeled on your sunscreen bag. And so it just really, even if you're not into monograms, like we were in the South, you um, can really use the personalization for organizing and keeping everything all in sorts in our busy lives that we have. I love it. So this is how you become the ultimate organized mum. Just go to 31 Gifts, get a whole lot of stuff, monogram everything, and you're sorted. I love, and you're going to look cute along the way because we have some really great friends. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And I've got to ask a really honest question because you are so honest in your book um, about the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows and the challenges that went with your journey in the business. Can you share with us, you know, what, because look, and and I I hate asking this question from it because I don't want it to come across as a negative thing, but I really feel that when we go into business and I'm thinking of many of our listeners right now, They see all the highs because they're the bits we talk about. They see the success stories. They hear the success stories, but it leads them to thinking that when they have the lows and the challenges that they're the only one. And so I'd really love to hear from you, you know, do you have one or two stories of those times where things were really challenging on that journey along the way that inevitably led to the success, but you went through them all the same? Yeah, for sure. And I think that some of them um, were because that is just the way things were. And then some of them we brought upon ourselves. So I'll give you one that was just like, I felt like a direct selling expectation that you're always Mm -hmm. in stock. And so we felt like we always had to be in stock for our inventory. And we were growing so fast and we were not able to forecast our sales and the amount of inventory. We have so many SKUs. So we have like over 300 SKUs and to be able to forecast one of those SKUs or even one of our styles accurately is really difficult. So whenever it was of the mindset that you always had to be in stock because your salesperson goes and sells something and they expect you to deliver it. Uh, that was before mm-hmm. we had online and shopping and things like that. Um, you know, we struggled and we put our zipper pouches on sale one holiday season and literally ran out like in the first 10 days and they kept selling them. And we called it zipper gate because we had so many zipper pouches out of stock and the cost mm. to ship them after you shipped your order, because they expected their original mm. order to go ahead and ship out. And then the zipper pouch yeah. was going to show up two or three months later. The cost was expensive. It was not a great experience for our customers. And so that was definitely one of our challenges. Another challenge was we were growing so fast. Our experience, whenever you joined our company was not fabulous. Like 
Our kits were delayed. Our customer service had three or four days before you can even get through on a phone call or get your email returned. We had so many issues with just the experience for our consultants. And I finally Mm. one day was like, I am not going to bring one more person into this experience that we of onboarding that we're having right now. And so we froze recruiting. We did not let anybody join the company and Mm -hmm. we froze recruiting for like three months. And then we slowly opened it up. So it was really over a matter of six months that we did not have our join offer going and in direct sales, you're like, what in the world? Like you have to have recruiting and direct sales, but we knew that we did not want the negative experience and we didn't want her to have a bad taste when she joined. And we really wanted to deliver the best service possible. So those were two really difficult situations that we had. And they were costly because while we had 70,000 people on our wait list, those 70,000 people were not as productive because they had waited sometimes six months or three to six months to join. Mm. And we all know that a new consultant is most excited whenever she is ready to join. And so we really planned for, oh, we've got all these people coming in and then they weren't all as productive because they had waited. Yeah. Wow. See, I would have assumed that creating that demand would have had them even more excited when they finally got that opportunity. Right. Well, we were thinking so as well (laughs) and it didn't happen. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things you've kind of already answered my next question a little, but you may want to elaborate, you know, as a business grows, uh, so do the problems. And I was just curious to know if you had a piece of advice for somebody who is starting out a business and who has an intention to grow it to, you know, an empire, a huge business, what advice would you give them before they get to that point where those problems become so big as the business becomes so big? Yeah, I think I had a couple of different things, but one of them was um, like, if you're going to do recognition or customer service or specials, if you're going to give away things, make sure that those are scalable. So yes, you can build those relationships and you can, um, you know, make sure that those first 10 to 100 to 500, you know, sellers that you've got those relationships with them, but make sure that you're not giving them incentives and offers that you can't scale to 20,000. So if the budget doesn't work whenever you're at a hundred or 500, um, it's probably not going to work whenever you're at 5,000 sellers, or if it does work when you are small, but it doesn't work when you're big, then don't offer it because taking things away from them, from your sales field is super hard. Same thing for your compensation plan. It is super hard to take things away. It's much easier to add monthly promotions versus an all day, everyday program. And so that Mm -hmm. would be one thing that I would share just to be mindful of, you know, just because you can do it for a few doesn't mean that you can always do it for many and you can't always scale it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great advice. 
And Cindy, you did this while you had little kids going on. (laughs) So you started out a business from your basement that grew and grew. Um, You, uh, you know, moved ahead in leaps and bounds, but you were also a mum and you're a wife. Uh, And you were also working with so many other women as well who were growing a business while balancing family. It's the nature of the industry that we're in. What did you personally do to continue growing this incredible business, but also balancing, I hate that word because it's such a difficult thing to do, but, and I feel like it sets this expectation that's almost impossible, but you know, what did you do to protect that time with your family as well while you were growing 31 gifts? So I'll get real practical for a minute. My calendar. I didn't have just Mm -hmm. a calendar at the office, but I had my calendar for family and it was one calendar. And so if Mm -hmm. I wanted a date night with my son, Evan, whenever he was eight years old or whatever, I tried to have one-on-one time with the kids. So I have two kids and, um, and my husband. And so if it was date night with my husband or if it was lacrosse game with Evan, or if it was cheer with Alex, like I added those to my calendar And whenever my second piece of advice would be that whenever I left work, I left work. I Mm -hmm. rarely logged back on for email. I think that that's even more difficult today because so many of us work from home. But really, whenever you step away from your computer, step 100% away so that you can focus your energy 100% on your family. I think the other piece of advice I would give is to make sure that you're not spending all your energy, a hundred percent of yourself at work. So you've got to be able to save some, you've got to be able to save some so that whenever you greet your kids, that they have no idea that you've got something you're worrying about, or you've got orders out that you need to get out the door, but they see that you're focused a hundred percent on them and you're greeting them just Mm -hmm. like you greeted your first meeting of the day. You are full of energy. You are fully rested and that's hard. So I think that means you have to Mm -hmm. save some of your energy and that, that means different things. If you've got really heavy uh, meetings throughout the day, maybe don't cram your day completely full. If you've got a bunch of lighter touch bases throughout the day, then maybe you can have more meetings. I think the other thing is we used to drive back and forth and I would have that drive time to unwind. Put that Mm. little time at the beginning and end of your day to transfer into your mind and your energy into your work day. And then also to transition out of your work day. So maybe just block 15 or 20 minutes to be able to focus on something fun, whether that's listening to good music, whether that's, you know, reading something positive, whether it's listening to a great podcast, doing something to transition so that whenever you get a little bit of energy before you go and greet the kids. So those are just a couple of ideas. Yeah, that's really powerful. And there are some great ideas. And I just want to take that drive home uh, scenario there and just add to that. You know, a lot of people are working from home. I've, I've spoken to a lot of our um, members who, you know, have, have said that they've struggled with that process. And they now will, when they finish work, will go for a walk yes. for that 15 minutes um, so that they've got that time to do that wind down process. But it's really funny you say that about when you leave work, you leave work. Since 
Cindy, because uh, I often get asked, why, Sam, do you have, you've got your own business, why do you have an office outside of your home? Like, why do you pay for an office outside of home? And it was actually that moment, I remember walking through my front door and um, when I did have the office at home, And there was this particular day and I had the kids, I'd pick them up from school. And as I walked through the door at night with the kids, it was the end of the day. I just felt this sinking feeling because I knew of all the work I had to get done and that it was right there. Mm -hmm. And I really needed to get to that later on tonight. And I thought, that's it. Home needs to not be a place where I feel that sense of overwhelm and that sense of responsibility for work. I need to be able to be present with my Mm -hmm. kids. And so my office space needs to not be in my house. Um, And I actually really struggled through COVID because of that, because we had, you know, a lot of lockdowns here in Australia. Um, and so uh, we we created a pod office outside of our house so that, you know, again, we could have that separation yeah. because um, otherwise I was bringing it into the family and it wasn't healthy. So, yeah, I, I really agree with you on that. I think that's really powerful. Um, I'm really curious if you could start this whole business over again, though, Cindy, if you could do it all from scratch, is there anything that you would do differently? Wow. Um, or actually, let's yeah. add a little another element. Is there anything you do the same? There's a ton of things I would have done the same. I think the thing that I would have done differently is just given more grace um, with some of the team members. I think that we were growing so fast. And um, as owners, we, I feel like, create the speed and we're able to keep up with the speed and we're so passionate about it. It almost gives us an extra level of like energy for the business. But when you're not an owner and when you're not, it's not your business, everyone, you know, doesn't have the same invested and energy that they want to give as well as not everybody is wired to be an entrepreneur and wired to keep up as fast as the company may be growing. And so I think that I um, definitely would have um, coached the team differently. I think that I would have, um, you know, hired differently, fired a little bit differently. And so I think around the people side is uh, something I would have done different. But as far as a lot of things tons of things I would have done well. And we had so many great people. And I feel like that the the rush of chasing the ball down the hill, you know, was just overwhelming for some people. And I would have loved to have kept some of those people that may have left, um, you know, because it was moving too fast. And then there's some people I probably should have moved on a little quicker. (laughs) So I think that, you know, that is one thing that I would have done differently. And I probably, I would have asked for more advice in that area because I was Mm. a young entrepreneur, a young leader, the business did grow fast and I would have loved to have had, um, stronger people skills whenever the business was young and growing. Yeah. Team is definitely a challenge, isn't it? It It's so hard to learn. I think it's something that we we don't talk about enough is – it's it's the business side and what you need to do as the entrepreneur, uh, you know, the the mechanics of it. But 
the managing of the team is you're dealing with different personalities. You're dealing with people who are driven in different ways. And you're so right. It's one of the biggest challenges I think of having business. And and this is the same for any of our listeners who have been in their business for a little while and they're recruiting team in. Those people don't have that same drive excitement and passion for the business yet as you do. And it's hard to, I think, sometimes to understand that, Mm -hmm. that that those people that are working with you or for you don't yet necessarily have that same drive. Right. And it can almost be frustrating because mm-hmm. this is your baby and your world revolves around this in in many ways. And y- it's hard to understand that other people don't have that same feeling around it. Yeah. Um, and I think we do learn that the hard way sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really curious to hear how you guys have gone over the last few years. I hate talking about the C word, so let's not. But how has how has 31 Gifts adapted and how, how what's changed for you in your field over the last few years? Yeah, so I think that um, a lot of direct sales companies did well. Um, for us, whenever you're not leaving your home, that means you're not taking a bag or a utility tote to the soccer field or you're not traveling. And so we have a lot of travel totes. So it was really hard for us. I think that also being a party plan, um, you know, we, while we did have virtual parties, um, before the pandemic, like we were primarily in person and in person Mm -hmm. is so efficient and you get to build those relationships and you get more parties booked. And, um, so we have had to transition to now, I mean, everything was 100% virtual for two years and then people don't want to go back to in person, but that was what created our flywheel. So those relationships and those bookings and the new consultants were joining. And so trying to figure out how to weave in the things that we gained from that in-person party for that flywheel. How do you extract those and put them into this virtual environment? Mm. And it's more difficult to build relationships. And so I think that, you know, trying to figure that out, trying to not just sell products that we call that like transactional selling, but really connecting with people. And that's what direct sales has been about for, you know, so many decades. And so really we are still trying to figure out what that looks like and how do we take those elements from the party and replicate them through different uh, platforms and uh, experiences and, you know, touch bases and how are you doing? How are your kids, you know, doing with baseball this season? And where are you traveling on spring break, you know, and trying to build in some of those conversation starters that have always been a part of our business. And then also trying to understand what motivates people to want to share products. And that is our insider, our hostess. And so, you know, why would she want to share our products or our link or hold a virtual party when there's no wine and buffalo chicken dip and all those fun little things of going to see her living room (laughs) and her new paint color and things like that. So trying to really figure out like, what is that, um, 
what's that kind of connection look like and what's that experience look like and how can we also bring the fun 31 has always been so much fun and so you know getting on a zoom is not all that fun as going to someone's house and being able to hug each other and laugh together and break bread together so yeah we're still figuring it out but we definitely have made a lot of progress over the last three years yeah amazing And are you finding that now that we've got the ability to, people are openly going back to the home scenario or have you have you got this real hybrid going on at the moment? We've got a strong hybrid. There's not, uh, it's not half parties yet. I would say maybe 10% um, in person Mm. and party is probably a strong word because I think that sometimes it's a vendor event that's in person, you know? Mm. And so we, um, I don't know it. If it's 10%, it's probably 8 to 10% where people are doing that one-on-one connection and seeing someone. Yeah. And uh, Cindy, look, you have been an inspiration to so many women all over the globe. You certainly inspire me. But I really want to know who inspired you? This, I mean, I feel like so many women, I mean, like it was hard. My mom was a working mom. So I will mm-hmm. say that she inspired me to work and she told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, first and foremost, I would say that she's the one who really, you know, never like squashed a dream or an idea. Even, you know, I met my husband when I was 15, I got married when I was 19 and my mom could have wow. squashed that. She could have been like, no <laughs> way are you getting married at 19? I didn't have Alex until we were 24, but like, that is just like that idea of like mom's like squishing things. Like she never squished yeah. anything. And for me to dream yeah. and for me to fall in love with Scott, for me to fall in love with the direct selling, for me to fall in love with this idea of starting my own company, she never was negative. And she was just always encouraging and telling me, I'll pray for you. And so I would say that <laughs> she's probably the one that has been most impactful on me actually starting 31 and having the guts to, um, you know, really think that it was possible. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, Cindy, what's next for you? What, what what's what's next on the horizon? Yeah, so I did the book. I started a podcast, and then last week, you know, we uh, actually made the decision as a company for me to step back in as executive chairwoman. Uh, Kamel, our CEO, will be reporting and working directly with me, and so it, I, I'm excited. I'm super excited to be focusing on the relationships, the heart of the business, and also combining that with all the strategy and all the programs and incentives and products that we have that are just um, really doing well right now. And so I'm excited to be working at 31 in a bigger role. And then I'll be continuing to help other executive females to be able to flourish in business and family. Because I think that so many times women think that it's one or the other. And I have loved how 
I have been able to navigate. Scott and I uh, will be celebrating 30 years in October this year. And two amazing adulting children. They're adulting most days. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Except when Evan gets the Uber Eats delivered. I'm like, is that really adulting? But anyways. I don't think that's that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but they're adulting um, in a pretty amazing way and contributing to society. And I'm like, yeah, and wow. I've had this business and this huge role of, you know, creating something so amazing. And so I just want other female entrepreneurs and leaders to know that it's possible and that you, yeah. you can do both. Yeah. That's so amazing. And I'm really excited for you and what's happening next. Uh, I did, the last time we spoke, you said I'd stepped away a little bit from the business and 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 it didn't take very long. You, <laughs> you're back on in there. I thought so, like it was a long I three years, it. but. <laughs> Once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> And I'm excited to hear about the podcast too. Tell us really quickly what the podcast is about. Yeah, it's called Permission to Lead and it is all about female executives and female entrepreneurs and how to flourish in business and family. And so I have so many CEOs and other um, life coaches just really to be able to give you advice and tips on how to, I know we don't love the word balance, but how to kind of find some balance on uh, showing yeah. up and showing up well. And I feel like that mm. whenever we can show up um, well at, in our career and our business and then for our family, then personally, we find this like gratifying, you know, just moment to where we go like, huh. And I feel like that at that point is where you start to give yourself permission to mm-hmm. take a few minutes to read a book or to go to the spa or to take care of yourself. Because I really feel like that whenever everything else is like swirling and you've got all these plates in the air and you're all stressed out, you mm-hmm. never find time for yourself. But whenever yeah. you can figure out how to show up and to feel like you're being successful in your business and mm-hmm. family, then you give yourself permission to take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, I'm really excited to check your podcast out and I know some of our listeners will be as well. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. We'll also put a link uh, for them to be able to get hold of your amazing book as well and not just a bag um, because I highly recommend that our listeners give that a read. I know uh, it's a really beautiful story and you're really honest all the way through, which is so great. Um, So just really quickly, I have some fun questions. They are our listeners' favourite questions. They're my favorite questions. So I've got to ask, first of all, what is your favorite book for our accelerator book list? I have so many. And I would say (laughs) the one that like impacted me the most in business uh, was Drive by Daniel Pink. So I don't know if that's on your list or not. No, this one has not entered the list. We've got hundreds of books, but that's a new one. So well done. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Next question. If you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. That's a hard one. 
probably flying. I would love to fly because I have so many people that I want to go see and visit more often and people that I want to spend time with just to pour out some love and just, I don't know, just I'm a hugger. I'm an in-person like connector. And so um, I think that if I could just fly or teleport somewhere, like that would be. <laughs> I was having a really fun dinner table conversation with our kids this week. Uh, I, I've had them um, come to the table with a conversation starter. And uh, one of my children stole this one uh, from the podcast. Oh, that's funny. Everyone around the table. And my son said fly, which is our most common answer. Um, oh. And my daughter just looked at him and went, why would you fly when you could teleport? Right? I don't understand. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm glad it was her that funny. said that. Because <laughs> yes, I was like, yeah, I could teleport. That would be even better. <laughs> yeah. Why would I fly? <laughs> I don't want to waste all that time. Let's just be there. She goes, yeah, I'd just be there. Right. I was like, that's really clever. I like that way of thinking. Um, so your favorite quote, Cindy? Yeah. So I opened, it was my first chapter in the book and it is the, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right by Henry Ford. So I kind of put that on our first uh, page in the book here. Yep. Such a great one. It's a classic, but it is a really powerful one. And so, so true. I love Mm -hmm. that. Uh, and the very last question, probably my favorite is if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? Okay. I'm going to give you three and it would be believe in yourself, (laughs) build a bigger rainy day fund and don't take things so seriously. Ah, yes. I like that one. (laughs) I feel like that's a tough one though for an entrepreneur woman who's also trying to run family. Everything seems very serious, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes those moments where you can get in and be a kid with your kids and not do the adulting Mm -hmm. can be some of those really Mm -hmm. precious moments though, right? Yes. Yeah. Look, Cindy, it has been so beautiful chatting with you today. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know our listeners have uh, probably taken a ton of notes and pieces of wisdom and advice from this today. So I really appreciate you and thank you so much for joining us. It's been great chatting. Thanks, Sam, for having me. Such a pleasure. And thank you as well to all of our beautiful listeners. Don't forget to share this episode. If you've got someone in your world that you think needs to hear this today, uh, can benefit from this episode, would love to hear from Cindy. Make sure that you share this episode. uh, And we look forward to seeing you on the podcast again next week. Thanks, everybody. And bye for now. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.